Hey, how's it going? Tommy Taylor here. And I'm Desnica, and welcome to the Marriage 2.0 podcast. that went through just about everything bad someone can go through in marriage quadruple times over and came out more in love than ever and using our story to inspire and give hope to the world. Since we've come out of our version of hell on earth, we have built a global marriage coaching business mentoring hundreds of couples and individuals all around the world. We've helped them fix issues like affair recovery, communication, intimacy issues, addictions, and all forms of abuse when no one else could. We've gone through all of these things plus so much more, so we get it. We tried everything out there from counseling, therapy, intensives, webinars, hundreds of books, and even tactics like slow to speak, quick to listen. And the truth is, all of those things were just band-aids that left us on an emotional roller coaster from hell. We truly believe that when you couple a heart for God and a strong desire for massive action, anything is possible. But honestly, most of us are never given the right knowledge. The Marriage 2.0 podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, sports, health, entertainment, and finance in order to help you live the purpose-filled life God designed for you so that you can live an inspiring life filled with more freedom, love, and impact. So get ready to learn the stuff that no one ever taught you about marriage. Your old marriage is dead and marriage 2.0 starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode. So today we're going to be talking about a common statement and or feeling here, honestly, because Mm -hmm, it comes off as both. And it's, you know, I feel like the statement is, I feel like I'm losing a part of me. This is such a big common thing. And, it, you know, this statement of like, I feel like a losing a part of me, it leads to this feeling of, you know, I can't live without them. I just, I just can't live without them. And I feel like I lost a part of me. Like, I, I don't know who I am without them. Yeah. It's like, it's like, if I don't save this, if I don't save this marriage, if I don't save, you know, the whole thing, especially for individuals fighting and standing, like then all, all, all of life in itself is lost. It right. feel, feels like a part of me is missing without them in my life. Yeah, I'm nothing without them. Such, right. yeah, those are some really common statements that, you know, come about when, you know, in this aspect. And we hear these all the time and, and super common. Yeah, especially, you know, when, when we first start working with clients and stuff, like these beliefs are very, especially people that are standing, like it's when they're very new to our program and they're very new to, you know, working with us, this comes up at, the very, at the very beginning a lot. And we know, we understand, like we know what they're going through. We've been there. But here's the thing. Why are we talking about this though? Well, number one, we went through this obviously. So if you're not aware, we were actually high school, we are actually, I not were, our high school sweethearts, right? Yeah. Like, like we actually <laughs> met, like we actually met when, you know, she was 15, I was 16 years old. Yeah, we pretty much grew up together, you know, a lot of first and, you know, like the first time Tommy went camping and the first time he flew on a plane and just a lot of first like moving out, living together and just so pretty much, you know, we legit grew up together, hanging out together, just grew up together. Yeah, we were more or less kids together, Yeah, essentially. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things like, in my opinion, and I, and I would say Jessica's probably too here is that like it's just a different I wouldn't say necessarily level of bond 
but it's it may be but most likely not it's not like we're anything better than anyone else it's just more no. like it's a different bond because when you grow up together like that you just you literally grow up like you don't know anything else outside of that right like so what you got to understand is like we didn't know anything besides each other nothing like, like everything yeah. that we had done was with each other like all of it <laughs> no. uh, like all all aspects of like you know school after school hanging out in school uh like hobbies like going into college you know all of those things like that was what we knew is like we had each other throughout all of those things yeah we didn't know anything without each other and like we the cool thing here is we actually do work with uh ironically i didn't when we first started doing this, I didn't think we would work with a lot because I didn't think it was super common. But it actually is more common than what you think. It's just high school sweethearts. Yes. And so we actually get quite super a few. Super passionate about that, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's just a special place in my heart for them because we that's where we were, right? Yeah. Um, but we experience a lot of things really for the first time in life with each other. And like we said, we really grew up together. But as far as relationship goes, as the relationship itself goes, we went through the whole falling in love, of course, mm -hmm. you know, the Eros love, the falling in love, the like, you know, you know, romance 101, like we, we, <laughs> we, you know, like googly eyes, like, you know, the whole beginning phase of that, which is awesome. But really, we intertwined our lives so much so into each other that when everything felt threatened, it felt like we were losing literally everything. Yes, like everything. You know, neither one of us had ever been on our own without someone else. Like we had, you know, it, we had literally been, you know, Tommy and Desnica forever in, like, in that aspect. And it was honestly extremely, extremely scary when, you know, we were going in our darkest hour and, you know, the losing, losing the other one and it's just like losing everything. And to be honest, like it was one of those things is like, it, like it was, it was terrifying. It was petrifying because it was truly like everything was being ripped away is what it felt like. Yeah. The truth is though, like we put, basically put our identity into each other. Like we, we put, we put each other on a pedestal, like a crazy high pedestal. And not only that, not just each other, but the love itself. Oh, right. Yes. Like, you know, we're high school sweethearts. Like we're, you know, everybody else says they're in love, right? Everybody else says there's love or maybe it is real love, but we're just a different level of love. Those were some of the statements like, that Tommy would make. It was yeah, like, like it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Getting stages. Um, anyways, like we had so many expectations though. Unmet expectations, different things that we set in our minds a lot. Oh even, yeah. Not even verbalized expectations, of course, but then goals and dreams, of course, aspirations for our lives uh, individually and together. And we didn't know, really what it would be like without each other. Yes. It, and this was like to the point, like I had like, I like my identity and like my expectations, my goals and my dreams were so wrapped up into the marriage, into my relationship with Tommy that it was like, whatever Tommy said, and you know, and this was also one of those faults of like being a good, strong, you know, Christian woman and, you know, supporting her husband so I, that's what I thought I was doing and just putting all of my own hopes and dreams into like whatever Tommy was going for. So, you know, whatever he was going for, whether it be like 
whatever hobby, whatever it was that he was passionate about and thought he was going to be like super into and that was going to be his career. I was like, yeah, that's awesome. And that's my goal and my dream too. You know, literally we were so wrapped up into each other in literally everything that truthfully when things did get bad, it was, and it felt like parts of us was just being ripped away. It was just, and antagonizing like such like extreme pain it literally just felt like parts just being ripped away yeah so not only did we you know not only not only did our true love rip our heart out right like our you know our soulmate everybody talks about that yeah i don't really believe in soulmates but like regardless of that like not only did that happen of course but also even worse it felt like we were losing half the other half basically everybody talks about like well my other half right well it felt like we were losing our other half and Honestly, it was terrible. Yeah, it was it was bad enough. Like, first of all, like we had already lost ourselves as an individual, like on individual levels, you know, that wasn't there. But now, you know, the only thing that we had put like our identity into was being ripped away. Right. So, you know, like everything I had put into my goals and my dreams and those types of things was Tommy and the marriage like, oh, and this is going to be like my identity and like this is my expectation. And when all of that was threatened and being ripped away, it literally did feel like that my entire life, like everything that I had, everything that I had ever worked for, had just put and sacrificed so much for was being ripped away. Yeah, not just everything that we worked for up to this point, but everything moving forward. Like yeah. it felt like just everything was at a loss. And honestly, we get it, right? Like obviously, yeah. like we were there. And honestly, in my opinion, the worst part about it was that it was, you would think it would be in this case, like, you know, like some someone else or something else ripping it apart, but it wasn't. It was... It was the person we loved the most doing it. And so we felt like we were ripped, ripped, basically ripped to shreds, in other words, like leaving just a, in other words, like our future, past, present, everything, and then us as a person, like that just, to me, it just left like a empty shell of a person. Yeah, and that's truly what it felt like with, with all aspects just like being ripped away. And it got to the point of like you, we forgot like what happiness actually felt like. And I remember, so if anyone actually knows me, like I'm extremely outgoing, adventurous and athletic and always down to like play, like want to play ball. Yes, I do. You know, and I was at a point where I didn't even want to do that, like at all. I was like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do anything and a hundred percent out of character. And Tommy likes to say, I'm like, like the energizer bunny, just always on the go wanting to like, go, 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 go. And at the time, like, I didn't have it. Like, I didn't have it in me. I was like, nope. And I was like, what's the point? Like, what's the point to life? Like, I don't understand. It was literally to the point of just, like, I didn't understand. I was like, I don't, everything that I had known, had thought, that I had put into myself, and I thought about myself was gone. And, you know, and then I'm not going to lie, like, that turned into a lot of anger. A lot of anger. And especially like resentment at, too. <laughs> a lot of resentment, a lot of bitterness. And it got to the point where it was like, I love you, but I hate you. And I hate you so much. And I really did think about ways to kill Tommy. I'm not going to lie. Um, we, we both did. <laughs> and, and it's, we joke about it now, 
But at the time, like, it, we were serious. It wasn't, like, metaphorically, I'm going to kill you if you do this. No, no, it was, like, like we're thinking about ways, literally. And, it, and obviously very unhealthy. So, like, if you're at that place, one, know that you're not alone. But two, also know that you can't stay there or do yeah. that, right? And it was the thought process behind it. Part of that was, you know, if if I can't have you, I don't want anyone to have you. <laughs> like, Well, hey. yeah, that too. Like, you know, and we got to the point where, like, we were you know, yes, experiencing these issues of being feeling like ripped apart, the identity thing, but you got to understand this wasn't just the, this was a small piece of the puzzle. Oh yeah. This was, we went through everything you can possibly go through minus death. So like this was, this was just a smaller piece of the entire puzzle. So I just want to give gravity to like what that statement of killing the other person meant. Yeah, it was bad. And not only did I like lose my, so first of all, like, I lost my identity, yes. And people talk about that kind of casually, you know, these days. And I had put my identity into the role of wife and mom. Like, that was my, like, who I was. Like, I was wife, mom. It was more of mom and then Tommy's Tommy's wife. Um, like, that's literally how it came across from people. It was like a mom and Tommy's wife. But now, you know, with, with the threat of, you know, Tommy leaving, like, I was losing, like, the like the most of me. The only thing I had was, like, I was, like, mom. But outside of that, I was, like, gone. And, like, the majority of me was gone. Because, like, kids is a temporary. You know, yeah. one day they're going to move out. So everything that I had clung to that was going to be my forever was gone. Yeah. Well, I mean, she already lost all of her before the whole, like, you know, potentially ending in divorce and everything because of loss, and loss of identity into mom and and wife so notice you don't see her in there anywhere no i uh, wasn't there <laughs> right but the truth is both of us lost ourselves in different ways here just differently like her hers was different than mine mine was different than hers uh and so it's not that necessarily one's worse or we're comparing things here it's just more of like different and so if you've lost yourself in other things maybe not in role of wife and mom or husband or maybe it's in work or maybe it's in caretaker everybody has some form of loss of identity and as you heard, we have been through everything bad minus death quadruple times over. So um, just understand that concept when we talk about these things to give gravity to it. However, one, we want to talk about what is going on here, but also shed some light on the much bigger issue here. Yes, so. a much bigger issue. And so we're going to be talking about a couple of different aspects today. Um and so one, we're going to be talking about like, why do people say this and what's the bigger issue and also how to fix that feeling of missing a part of you. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about both of those today, by the way, um, I thought it was a funny note that I wanted to mention, but you know, our daughter just turned 14. And so I was joking with Destin the other day, I was like, you know, she's only one year away from when you met me. Right. Yeah, I was like, quit talking. <laughs> I was like, that's scary. <laughs> uh, crazy and scary in so many ways. And it just really puts into yeah. perspective of not when I met Tommy, because actually I probably met him at 14, but we were dating at 15 and 16. So that's true. Like I had our like, yeah, so like scary. Your birthday's in May, so. Yeah, some scary factors there. Like we had already known each other at 14. And so, yeah, put this, some things into perspective. So when your kids are talking about like, you know, their boyfriend, girlfriends and, you know, like, it, I mean, yeah, don't, don't just blow it off. It's it a big can, deal. It can be real. <laughs> yeah. Um, but You're may, setting the example. It may not be either, but it can be. Um, but that's a side note there. Uh, 
but thing is, what do we want to talk about first? Well, why do people say this and what's the bigger issue really at, at hand here? Well, number one, because they've wrapped their identity up into their spouse. Mm-hmm. Now, hold off on a second here. Don't leave. Don't shut this off. Right. We, the reason why we say that is because anytime you cannot, anytime you cannot live without something or someone, then you've found an identity in it or them. And as a result, you've even placed them above God. So in other words, your spouse is an idol in your life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is this is was a good uh, gut punch for us as a realization of when we realized, like, this is what we had done as well. But truly, like, if you can't live without something, it's an idol. The only thing that we need and have to have is God. You know, like, we need God. But outside of that, like, everything else is a want. Like, you want your spouse. Like, I want Tommy in my life. But... If something was to happen to Tommy, I I would still have purpose. I still have my identity. I wouldn't be lost not knowing who I am. Like, no, like, I just, I want Tommy. I want to do life with yeah. Tommy, but I don't need him to survive. Yeah, and just to be clear, like, it's kind of funny because, like, I was like listening to someone um, talk about this, like how they're trying to define themselves and stuff like that with identity, and they're just in the beginning stages of it, and they're like, well, my identity's in God. And it's like, yes, but your, your identity is also other things, too. Yes. Like, it's not just God. God didn't just slap a generic label on you. Like, you got other things that are also part of your identity, like your inborn identity, your temperament, your your core values, your principles, your beliefs. Like, all these different things play a role there, uh, even your purpose and your gifts. Like, there, there's a lot of different things that come into play in your identity, not just, not just you know, I'm loved, chosen, valued, blessed, all those things. Like, those are very That's important. That's part of it, yeah. It's a big, big part. But it's not the only part. No, yeah, because we were otherwise like we'd all be the same, right? So we're not. We're all different. So in your identity, you were not designed for just your spouse. I'm just gonna let you know that ahead of time. Like your whole creation to like why you were created and put on this earth is not only for your spouse. Yeah, and also you're 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 a pearl on this earth to like my identity is to be a mom or a dad. No, that's not part of it's your a ide- role. That's not part. You're, you are not, you are a mom or a dad or a husband or a father, right? Or, you know, or and you know, all those different things. You may be a job title, right? But those things aren't who you are. Those are the things that are just what you do. Yes. And honestly, we see this a lot. People put their identities into so many different aspects and so it may not just be like your spouse but it might be like your job or your business it might be into kids that is super super common but all of these are you know into their job or the business that's why like if someone like loses their job they lose their mind like or when kids yeah we see this so often kids hit an age of self-sustaining and they don't need their parents and they're, they're living their own life and it's like 16 17 start to graduate wife goes crazy because she lost herself because that's where she identity has no purpose, is. Yeah. Yep. Status, you know, different positions. There's so many different things that people have placed their identity into of like where they don't know who they are. And, you know, it's, it's such a big common issue. Like this is like one of the number one of attacks, like of our society is identity. But mm-hmm. here's, here's the truth. The reason why you feel like you lost a part of yourself is because you did like you really did. When you attach like the innermost version of you to someone or something, like that's attaching like your identity to them. So if that thing or person or people is gone, then you 
sent your identity with them and then you don't know who you are. Yeah. And so here's some of the common side effects of this too. Like number one, it's complete loss of self, right? We've already talked quite a bit about that, but complete loss of self, you know, oftentimes people in this case generally put themselves last very often. Oh yeah. They put themselves last if anywhere in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe they don't, maybe they, you may be the person that like doesn't put yourself last year. doesn't mean you can't lose your identity either. So there's both sides of the coin, but often also living with an empty cup and eventually understand that cup will eventually fill up with bitterness, resentment, and anger. And this is the problem with a lot of society, like people, and we've talked about this plenty of times before, but the correct priorities are God, then you in a self-care way, not your spouse, not your kids, not others, right? It's, it's God, then you in a self-care way then your spouse, then your kids, then your, you know, your work, business purpose, then extend family and friends. And if you do it in that order, that's the correct order. If you do it in any other order, it's wrong. Yeah. And it, you know, that's where like a lot of resentment and things build. And, you know, people do this, like they, when people do this, they lose everything and it just shatters their existence and their whole being as a person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, placing their identity into, like their spouse or into like the marriage or parents or like, or, mm-hmm. you know, roles or just, you know, like, and then they're like, they, they come to this conclusion. It's like, why can't I ever get ahead? Why can't anybody ever love me? Why can't everybody ever love? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like the whole victim mentality that comes up here. Yeah. I want to add a couple. Cause these are some of the thoughts that I literally felt like a crazy person when I was in my darkest hour. So one, and one other reason why I hate labels, because I was walking, like pacing through my room going, what about me? What about me? When will it be my turn? When will I matter? What about what do I want? And I just remember like pacing and I could so vividly imagine it. And just because I had literally been doing things for everyone else and, you know, keeping my mouth quiet because I didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings, you know, didn't want to like offend anyone, wanted to make sure everything, everyone else got what they wanted. And like, that's a side effect of doing it. It's like one, you just get like this bitterness and like this resentment. And what about me? You know, like when, when will it be like my turn? Like when will I matter? And that's why one of those tactics that people try of, just, you know, being nice and giving the, your spouse everything they want and, you know, walking on eggshells and why that blows up in your face. Cause eventually you're going to have a snap and you, and then it just, it just was going to be so much worse. Yeah. And you know, the thing, the truth in that is like it, people will be like, come off as like, just do you or like different things like that. But the thing is here, like this also tends to often also, uh, really, in a case where like people basically try and fill a void is what I'm trying to say. Like they try and fill a void with bad things like they, and this leads into like other things like this is when, you know, of course a lot of affairs happen. So at least especially like, um, it's very, we see it all, all the time, all the time. Like when people lose themselves and their identity, they lose, they feel like they don't value. I don't matter. What about me? And then guess what? Well, someone else validates that, you know, somehow, some shape or way. And then they go off and cheat. And, you know, that's not the deep rooted reasons what's really going on there. Of course not. Definitely not. Um, But this is part of what happens. And so people, though, lose their identity and then they go off in full voids with drinking, infidelity, busyness, um, work, business, success, different things like that. Money. Uh, They, they, you know, people, drugs, yeah, porn, many. There's so many things here that people try and fill that void with and call it happiness, even avoidance. I would say people try and fill that void with avoidance of problems and and that's not happiness either. 
Yeah, they run away from their problems. And also, so I want to hit on the busyness because I see this way too often, right? Because people are like, well, I'm not drinking or cheating. So like, you know, but, you know, when you stay so busy and you're like wrapping yourself up into like, how busy can I stay and doing this, this and this? And so that I don't ever have time to sit in my thoughts because I can't handle my thoughts. And so I have to occupy my mind because I can't handle what's going on. It's still a problem. It's still a different type of addiction. It's still like not actually dealing with what's truly going on. And there's, it's a, it's just another coping mechanism to cover up the actual problem. You know? So another side effect from, you know, just all of this and like wrapping yourself up into these different things is, you know, it's a complete lack of confidence. You know, you can, t- you can tell when someone doesn't have confidence within a few minutes, like they're talking and like they'll try and like stroke their egos in different ways. And, you know, they try and find like their confidence through other things, but it's not internal. It's not like I'm confident in who I am. It's I'm confident. Like they'll find confidence in like a thing or something, but not in truly within themselves, you know? And then what happens is through all of this, there's a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, a sense of hopelessness and so oftentimes suicidal thoughts. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. here's the thing though. Like if you go back to identity here, like, like people really like, I don't believe people are necessarily suicidal as in part of their identity. I don't believe they're, no. you know, a drug addict as a part of their identity. They're reflecting a drug addict. Cause it, it, honestly, here's your thing. If you're truly reflecting God, in, in your identity, then that's just like more of a chemical imbalance and you're not going to actually keep doing that. So as long as you get rid of the deeper beliefs, which deeper beliefs can prevent you from, you know, also reflecting God truly, of course, hundred um, percent. But also leads to suicidal tendencies, emotional roller coaster, both internally and in the marriage, of course. Um, yes. Yes. But also a negative lens of your spouse too, that really reshapes and can reshape um, the brain's very, very powerful, but it can reshape your entire past, right? That's why you hear people like, you know, we hear, we hear all the time, uh, from spouses that are standing. It's like my spouse says, well, let's say they've been married 20 years. That's how the other spouse will say, well, you've been abusive and manipulative. And this whole marriage, the past entire 20 years has been crap. Really? Mm. Really? (laughs) Really? Really? We teach them call out infinity statements, but that's one of the things that like people like, that happens here is a lot of resentment. It's they literally let their, their resentment and hate and anger reshape their actual reality. Yes. And so there's so much science behind that, by the way, I am like a nerd when it comes to the science of the brain and how all of these things come together. And then also I love how science is just catching up to what God says in the Bible, by the way. Um, so I love how all of that ties in, but all of those things become a reality you know, and so we see these things on a daily basis. Like, I can't tell you how many times I see this a day, like literally so many times a day in a single day. Yeah. Like, for example, I was talking with a guy just the other day that you could honestly tell, like, really, he was consistently seeking identity through success and money, basically. Oh, yeah. Like to make up for really a, a lack of a real identity, a real and, and real confidence here, because he, he was all about borrowed Really, I mean, I can, I, I told him about this. I was like, it's a bit, you're all about borrowed credibility, not real identity or internal credibility. And so there's nothing wrong with success, nothing wrong with making money. No, nope. definitely nothing wrong with either one. But like when it comes down to it, you put your identity into it, that's a whole different ballpark. Then that, that's a problem. That's when you make it a God or an idol. 
Um, and so he was trying to find significance in things, basically success and even people too, because it was spouse that he's standing for. And he did it with both money and people. And that's the issue. Like now, now what's, what effects does this have? Right? Well, now he's under the constant pressure that builds a lot of anxiety day after day. And it compounds day after day, week after week, month after month, you know, all through that. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it'd be like doing weighted dips and people stacking plates on top of your lap as you do them, right? It's just, it just continues to attach the identity to the outcomes in your life because you find significance in the outcomes versus finding significance in who you are and your identity truly and where you are. Um, he attaches identity to a lot of outcomes, more or less, like I was saying. And when, when you do that, pressure builds so much so that to the point where you have breakdowns, um, you have points where you, you know, you, you work all the time endlessly, but then you have like at the end of the day you're drinking and taking, you know, uh, sleep meds, sleep meds yeah. to go to sleep. And then in the morning you're taking a ton of caffeine throughout the day. So like that's, that's, that's what happens when you're doing, going through life like this and that's not sustainable. I promise that's going to lead to not only a mental breakdown, but, but heart attacks, but also heart attacks and even, um, well, can lead to heart attacks, probably more panic attacks that you'll think is a heart attack, but yeah. it can lead to both. Um, depends on your health. Uh, but it leaves you, number one, always chasing the success line. Always chasing the success line in life and never actually arriving at anything in life. Not ta- not just talking about money. I'm talking success line can be anywhere. Relationships, marriage, can be in business. And guess what? The success line is always moving. It's always oh, moving. Yes. And it's also, it's also always living in the gap versus the gain. So if you haven't checked that book out, check it out. But I feel like you feel like you're trapped in a desert, basically, in purgatory, and in a never-arriving position. Like you're stuck in an endless cycle of perfection, never feeling like you can ever hit the bar, basically. Yeah, and this is super common. And, you know, this gentleman, and it, it was picked up. It was picked up within a first few minutes of conversation with him. And, you know, like, this is where his identity is. This is, you know, part of all of this. And like we said, we see this all the time. And when we were there, we get it. And it sucks. Like, living like that sucks. Feeling like a part of you is being ripped away, being lost, not knowing who you are, what is your purpose, what are you supposed to be doing, like, what's the point of life, Like like, all of these existence and just all those contemplations, there's so much in that, and it sucks. And, you know, now you may think some of those things that we had said, you know, are very bad, but that's not even the worst part. The worst part is, you know, when you place your identity with all of those other things and into the marriage or into the whatever it may be, well, the worst part is the effects that it has on your relationship with God and your purpose. You know, you do have something and it's called the royal identity. Yep. And what that means is it's a bless. You get the blessing of identity meaning made in God's image, right? That's what it says. And then you're, you have a blessing of prosperity through Abraham. It's a promise God gave us, uh, all the descendants of Abraham. And then a blessing of authority through Jesus Christ, right? If you have him, you don't have the authority if you haven't accepted him as your Lord and Savior. You don't have the power there. But if you do, then obviously you have that. And so that being said, when you have all those, you got to understand, well, it's there, number one, they're in that order. Two, if the devil tricks you into losing your identity from, and oftentimes he doesn't have to do a lot of work doing that, especially today, um, then... If you notice, there's a big attack on identity today. Yes. I haven't figured that out yet. But anyways, regardless of that, if you lose your identity from God you figure, and you lose that made in God's image thing, then like most, the, honestly, most of the world 
has lost their things in those, then you will not get the other two things. Yeah. Then you miss out on the prosperity from Abraham and the authority of Jesus. And this is something that, you know, we see, and this is, this is honestly turn on the news and you're going to see an attack on identity right really now. Really big right and now. And it is being programmed into the kids, you know, from like elementary age. Like this is like where it is. And so all it takes is some little things to happen. And then like the devil is not omnipresent. Like he's not everywhere, but all he has to do is set a trap to put in some, you know, some things that become that like worst are strongholds that become footholds and that really become bondage for your life. And like, this is the problem. It's like most people stay in that bondage. And so he doesn't have to be omnipresent because he sets you and gets you trapped like from a young age. And then his job is done. Like, and you just keep self-destructing throughout your life and he doesn't have to worry about and keep coming back to you because he knows that he has you like lost in your identity and continuing this like cycle of self-sabotage i see so much self-sabotage so much all the time and it's due to some of these things yeah and the the truth is like every it's not just the people that are you know i want to identify as a man or a woman whatever crap um like it's not just that like uh, what I do, what I do admire at least about people like that is at least they're searching for some sort of identity more so than p- other people aren't like, now I don't agree with what they're doing. Obviously, clearly not. Uh, that's retarded. But like when it comes down to it, like people of all types, not just those people are searching for identity and they just don't know it yep. um, a lot of times. And so now here's the thing. You do not need, if you're listening to this, I'm going to be very clear because this is the mistake a lot of freaking retarded counselors make. Gosh, yes. Like, but you do not need to go find yourself. You don't need to separate from your spouse and go find yourself. You don't need to go on sabbatical. You don't need to go split up and allow time to make things better. No, that doesn't happen like that. Like, number one, like, you don't need to go on some long journey <laughs> like to do that. Like, the whole I'm just going to go do me thing, right? No, you don't need to do that either. Right. No. Like there's a healthy way to do that. That's a toxic way to do that. There's a healthy way to do that. Yeah. And it's by the way. So what happens is people are like, oh, I'm just going to do me. Well, you know, uh, I haven't done this. And so what happens is they go into like society's like um, brokenness of like, OK, well, I'm going to go hang out with my friends and I'm going to go out and like drink and go out to the bar and I'm going to go dancing and I'm going to go to all of these really toxic environments where so many people go to drown out their problems and they're trying to seek validation. And it's just a bunch of brokenness. And you're only going to attract more pain in your life. And you're filling it with a bunch of very unhealthy things, just drowning out, not, not truly seeking anything there. Like you're just blurring everything out, just continuing to exist, but just exist in a, like a different like lifestyle, but you're still not fulfilling the purpose. That's why you still wake up empty. It's why you're still like in that resentment and that just like lost and like, ah, I just, you know, not fulfilling like none of that of just like, Oh, I'm going to hang out with the guys or I'm going to go hang out with my girlfriends or go do this and that. Cause I haven't been doing that. Like that's not going to be like the fill, the fill, fill like who you truly are. Which actually brings me to my next point here, which is just because you have hobbies, hobbies or friends or things that you do, by the way, just cause you have that already doesn't mean that, you know, when it comes to like, let me use an example. Like, so like if you do hunt, you have hunting hobbies or if you go cars or if you're a girl and you like do your nails or like go out with girlfriends, whatever, like just because you have that stuff does not, does not mean you are at all, at all 
clear on your identity, nor that you have not, not lost yourself. Yeah. So I want to be very, very clear there. Yeah. You do not, just because you do that stuff doesn't mean you know who you are at all. And just because you work out or go to the gym <laughs> or are eating better does not mean that you know who you are either. No, just because you take care of yourself physically doesn't mean that you know who you are either. Like, and of course, there's a lot of value to taking care of yourself physically. I have a nutritionist, yes. all those things. Like, I'm, I'm totally, we have a home gym that we use. Like, we value that, obviously. Um, but, like, here's the thing. Like, pretty much everyone we work with shortly after working with us realizes that they've lost themselves. Yes. And this is one of my favorite things, especially people who are like, oh, no, not me. I know who I am. I'm not lost. I don't have a lot of problems. And then they come into the program. They're like, wow. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize like how far I was. And it's and like, and then they have massive growth and such change. And it's like, yes. And so I absolutely love that. And, you know, finding yourself one, it's not about finding yourself, but the truth is, is like, really, we could teach you the basics of your identity in, in like 30 minutes. Maybe less. Yeah. I've timed myself <laughs> into like 18 minutes, but yeah, yeah, it's, okay. it, it's one of those things like that's the basics. Of course, it less, obviously there's a the lot basics, more to yeah. it. Um, but identity is, is not the fix though. Right. You're like, what? We've been talking about this the entire time. Like what's like, what's going on here? I'm, I'm lost at this point. I thought that, you know, that was the point of this, right? Well, nope. It's only a piece of the puzzle here. Yes. A piece. And that's why I like, we tell people all the time, like, you know, so how do you fix the feeling of missing a part of you? Well, one, you have to recognize that you can't take a piece of the whole solution and slap band-aids on things and be like, oh, well, I got like, I'm good. Like I got the complete fix and, you know, I'm good. Like, no, uh, you know, you have to do all the work with and it takes more than just one thing to completely like change this. And you have to get to all the deep rooted beliefs and reprogram them, you know? And so I love this. Uh, so many times, like, you know, we, we talk about deep rooted beliefs all the time. Other people do, uh, you know, I've heard pastors talk about it, just different aspects. And one of the things that I've heard is just like, oh, what is it that, you know, just think about like, what is it that, that you've told yourself? Well, let me tell you that we've been doing this long enough. And every time that we get on one of these calls with someone to figure out like truly what is what is it that they cling to as an identity? They had no idea of the actual deep rooted things. You can come up with some basic ones of maybe like, oh, I didn't feel loved. Uh, maybe like I was abandoned as a kid. Was um, it showed appreciation. You know, blah, I, blah, blah, I don't blah. feel good enough. Those are some very basic things. Okay. But let me just tell you, there is so much more to it. And no, you're not going to figure it out on your own. It takes clients, like lots of reps to understand this and get to all of the aspects, you know? So yes, like there is. So you also have to not only get to the deep rooted beliefs and reprogram them, but you also have to get your identity in the right place on a firm and also the right foundations. So not just firm foundation like because cool, what does that mean but like the right foundations too yeah because you can grow it's so like here's the thing like people will come to us all the time from other programs like josh hudson like all these different things and like the thing is like with those things like i'm not putting them down but like like if you're not clear on this stuff and you're not like you know like you can grow in a lot of the wrong directions let's just be very clear there um you can grow in a lot of the wrong, wrong directions and you can grow in a lot of different directions. You can research a lot of stuff, but doesn't mean you're growing the right direction for the exact right outcome that you're wanting. No, it doesn't. It doesn't yeah. mean that at all. 
you can do a lot of wrong things, <laughs> wrong, yeah. right things to get in the wrong direction. So anyways, it, it's not about that either though. Like, wait, what? I'm lost. Okay. I'm officially lost at this point. Well, not only do you have to build all the right foundations, yes, but you also have to build them in certain areas. You have to build, you know, mindsets, healthy individual. Like we talk about our programs, the mindset phase, healthy individual phase. You have to build stuff there. Identity part is just a piece of the healthy individual phase. Yes. And part of, you know, one mindset encompasses a lot of different aspects. But then being a healthy individual is more, like we said, more than just working out. I talk to so many people and their response is like, you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm working on being healthy. I work out and I'm, I'm eating better. Um, I'm doing some of my like, you know, hobbies that I want to do. And like, that's great. And like, those are some basics and keep doing those. But there is so much more that goes in, into being a healthy individual. I am not going to lie. Like the percentage, like 99% of our society is actually not emotionally like resilient. They don't have like a true high level of emotional intelligence so that their mental capacity, like they sway, they're having like all of these turmoils and struggles. And like, there is a huge mental health crisis in our society. And that's because like we aren't taught how to handle our emotions, how to process them, how to understand them. And then like, that's why people are having breakdowns are all over the place. And like they're, they're running around like a bunch of open browser screens in their mind and they have massive brain frog and they, you know, they don't want to work and they don't want to do anything. And they just continue to self-sabotage just because all of these different things going on, all of that plays a role into being a healthy individual and then spiritually as well. So it's a whole lot more than just eating right or how I look or you know, just doing some basics here. We could talk for the next hour and still not cover everything. No. <laughs> Maybe the next three or four hours too. Um, that being said though, like in the marriage side of things, like there's also, my, there are also foundations there that need to be in play. Of course oh, yes. too. Now on a side note here, if you're an individual standing, right? Standing for your marriage, to be very clear here, it only takes one healthy individual to save a marriage, but it does take two to have one. Meaning like we talk, we talk about our power of one method. So no matter if you're a couple needing to work on this or an individual, you can fix this. Don't lose hope. We just want to yeah. let and you know that. There are ways like, you know, so we strategically like how we design our program is where you work on yourself as an individual before you dive into marriage. Because honestly, if you're just working on the marriage, you, you are not going to have that fixed. <laughs> you have to set healthy and solid foundations as an individual first, because that plays a massive role into the marriage and quite honestly, any relationship, any relationship. I've never met a person who was having marriage trouble that didn't have unhealthy relationships outside of the marriage too, right? So all of this applies to every relationship. And so you have to work on being a healthy individual and then dive into the marriage, but they don't have to be super far apart. Like that's why we work with individuals and couples, you know, all the time because we have it designed to build the foundations in that order where you're diving into those. Uh, also, you got to understand like any program that just says do this program and then fix your marriage is not a program that works. Um, what I mean is like the, the program needs to be a, a not only a, um, a program, but it needs to be a way of life. So mm -hmm. what we teach doesn't, the reason why I have such a high success rate, 95 plus percent, honestly, is because uh, number one, God, two, because of the fact that like, it, it's a life change, the way that we teach you these things. It's not, it it's, doesn't just change you. It doesn't just change your marriage. It doesn't just change the situation, but it changes for generations to come. Plant seeds, it's just different things that grow. And so this is a new way of living. 
that we teach you. Um, but that's important to understand now. Cause I want to hit on that because if, if you are living the same way that you've been living, then you're going to get the same results that you got. Mm-hmm. That's that's why you're here is because the way you've been living. And if you're like, well, I just want to get back to where our marriage was. Well, where your marriage was is going to wind up in the same amount of years, getting you to the place you are now. Right. Yep. And so, no, you don't want to go back. You want to move forward in a healthy way. Like, you know, it's not your fault that you weren't taught, but now that you are aware, it is your responsibility to create that change. So not your fault that you didn't know because our society doesn't teach these things, but then it is your responsibility to take action to fix these things moving forward. And yes, that does encompass and in, including a different way of life. Yep. And a hundred percent, we do not teach people to be dependent upon us for life at all. That is one. Oh my gosh, that would be so exhausting. And we can only hope help like very few people, but I don't want to have to like fix your problems for you for the rest of your life. Hello. That makes you dependent upon me. No. That's what, I, counsel, that's what counselors do. They just want you to keep coming back for session after session. After no, session. We I, don't do sessions. We, we provide the complete fix and solution, end all be all. So the, you need to learn. And this is why it's so important to learn those foundational things so that it doesn't matter what the storm is, what the wave is that comes out in life. You are not promised to have a life of peace and happiness of no turmoil, no problems, complete bliss for the rest of your life here on earth. Actually, in fact, we're promised the opposite, that there are going to be waves. There are going to be challenges. There's going to be things we come up again. However, it's how you handle them and how are you equipped to handle them. And so we want you to be taught so that yourself, no matter whether it's this year, next year, five years, 10 years, you know how to handle the problems and you can address it. That way that you are equipped where you're not dependent, hence how we started off this podcast of like being, if you, if you need anybody or anything that's an idol and that's above God, and you're also putting your identity in it and like having that as an obsession. No, you don't need, you know, we don't want you to need us. We want you to be able to move, move forward and then actually turn around and, and like teach this to your gener like your next generation and so forth. Yeah. And to be clear here, like, you know, you may say like, well, I don't need my spouse, but I want my spouse. But the thing is what you say and what you do is two different things. Like your actions and then the things that you say after that also tell Mm -hmm. a very different story. The way they react Mm -hmm. to things tell a very different story. So you can say whatever you freaking want, (laughs) but your fruits tell a different story. Um, Also, that being said, even if you had, let's say time travel existed, um, you went back in time. We gave you the tools right now, all of them, just the tools. You went back in time and you gave them to your old version of yourself. Like, hey, use these. Uh right now at the beginning of the marriage relationship and you can prevent all the issues that you're having. Let's say before everything happened, right? You would still fail. Even our tools. If I were to give you our tools right now, that would happen. Why? Because you're no different back then. You're going to be the same person back then as you are now. Just same tools. Nothing different. Nothing is different. You're literally going to fail. And the truth is even every relationship after this marriage um, type of relationship if you were to leave is doomed to fail too. You were set up to fail from the very beginning. You just don't know. And so it's not your fault because you don't know. Like, I mean, it is your fault for your actions, but it's not your fault for failing because you didn't know how to succeed in the first place. You weren't set up to succeed. No, no one, no one is. No one's taught these things. Society doesn't teach these things. We're seeking to change that obviously in a massive way. But like that being said, like 
I just wanted to help you understand that because here's the thing. If our marriage and hundreds of our clients' marriages can be saved, you know, when they're at the end of the rope and we're at the end of our rope, then you can too. Yes. And you just need the right help, not any help. Also remember that tools and tactics alone will inevitably hundred percent. I guarantee it. Keep you on the emotional roller coaster. That means books, movies, movies, other podcasts, even our podcast without, all, without all the extra, without all the foundations. Well, too, Bible studies, church groups, life groups, counseling, mm-hmm. therapy, like all those things. We did those, all those, and our clients have done most of those as well, as well. So, and then they come to us. So why do we tell you that and are blunt with you? Because we don't want you to see you stay in like literally hell on earth and continue to cause like worse and worse because we care. Unfortunately, we're like, we can't do the work for you. It doesn't work that way, but we can, you know, speak the truth and, you know, inspire you to actually take action to get true help, to have massive impact on yourself, your marriage, your kids, the next generations, everyone around you. And like the ripple effect of the change of you is so massive. You have so much power and so much potential. And I just wish that you would see the value in yourself and the importance like we do. Yeah. Just to be clear though, our number one priority isn't to save your marriage. Number one priority is not to do that. It's actually to help you get closer to God. Number one, two, help you become a healthy individual. Three, save your marriage. And then even after that, our goal is not just to save marriages. It's not just to help people, you know, become healthy individuals. It's not just to help save generations. It's not just that. It's to equip an army for God. Yes. An army. We're building an army. So that's what we're here to do, to fight against the unseen realm. So when it comes down to that, that's what our real true mission is uh, when it comes to these things. Of course, we want you to live a happy life. But above that, that's that too. There's so much more. And like you and like you have such an impact on all of that and you play a role. Obviously we can't we can't do it alone. <laughs> you know, that's why we can't change the world on our own. That's why we have to, you know, create that army. Yep. But anyways, as always, we hope you enjoyed this and we, you know, of course, love you. God loves you and we will see you in the next episode. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Now that's all we have for today's show. And remember, prayer without action is just dead faith. So make sure to implement everything you learned here today from today's show. By the way, hope you enjoyed this episode on the Marriage 2.0 podcast. And if you did, please make sure you share this episode on your social media and tag at Tommy and Desnica. And if you did enjoy it, make sure to subscribe to the Marriage 2.0 podcast and give us a five-star rating. However, listen, most importantly, so many people are at the end of their ropes, crying themselves to sleep every night. And we can only spread our message and story so far here. So we need you to make sure that you really share the knowledge with others that really need it so that we can impact them. Yes. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So make sure to join our free Facebook group, Christian Marriage Coaching, for support, daily content, and free trainings to help you go from roommates to teammates. Have an amazing day and God bless.